This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Blackhawk Up Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Jimmy Lynch and Patrick McGann. Hello and welcome back to the Black Hawk Up podcast. I am Jimmy Lynch alongside Patrick McGann. Patrick, it's great to be back. Great to be back for week two of the podcast. Uh, we have some great stuff to talk about today. going to be fun. For sure it is. And you know what? Right off the bat, there's some news that we've, we've had since we last talked. Connor Murphy has signed a four-year, $4.5 million extension. What are your thoughts on it right off the bat? Uh, I think it's a, a pretty good contract. I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this in the last show too, right? If I'm not mistaken, we were talking about is he, was he one of the contracts you we were talking about? Last yeah, episode? he hadn't gotten signed yet. Yeah, right. So we yeah. were mentioning how they were going to maybe do that. Um, yeah. I think it's a good contract for the Hawks. Um, you know, you bring in another, you know, solid defenseman. He's been all right for the Hawks uh, up to this point. Um, you know, kind of adding on to the, like, the, the, the decent depth they have at the defensive position for the Blackhawks. It's Seth Jones now. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see him play these next couple of years and see what he brings to the table. Yeah, I agree. It's honestly, when you think about how he was perceived when they originally got him in the Jalmerson trade to where he's at now, it's a completely different story. Um, Murphy has gotten better every season, and you honestly can go back and see that. He's improved piece by piece along the way to the point where now he's he really has been the best defenseman on the team the past couple seasons. So um, to lock him up at four years for 4.5, uh, 4.4 million, excuse me, that's – really a steal for a defenseman of his caliber, especially when you look at what players have been getting the past couple, like, months. For sure, yeah. And, like, you just pull up his stats on hockey reference just to see, like, you're right, like, he has been improving each and every season. He's been on the Blackhawks, you know, bring him in now. Um, and he's, you know, 28, so for a defenseman, not particularly uh, too old. You know, he's still got some years left with him. Um, and like you were saying, like, the cap hit for him, uh, it's – that was a pretty good contract for the Hawks to leave him some space to work with some other contracts in the future. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's a pretty good, pretty good signing for the Hawks. Like, yeah. like you were saying, like, it's good to, to get him at this price and, and to have him like a, like his value. You know, he's not like obviously like a superstar defenseman. He's not what we're used to. And Duncan Keith or, you know, old time Brent Seabrook or Jalmerson, but he's, he's there, excuse me. He's there. Um, he's there putting up solid stats. He's, he's going to provide a lot of depth for the defensive position for the Blackhawks. Well, and I would argue, like, quietly, he has been as good as Jalmerson was with the team. Um, this past season, he averaged 22 minutes and nine seconds a night, which is only – it's under a minute away from Keith. Like, the fact that you have a defenseman who's only 27 years old at the time, now taking on that big of a role on the team, he wore the A a lot last season. And a lot of the times the team was doing good things. You're talking about how Murphy was staying out of the box and how he was providing that – anchor on the team that they needed you know i think the um he he did his best as the top defenseman the past couple of seasons and he's only going to be better now that he's like a number two three guy now with um mccabe and jones around two right yeah and just because of that that current state of the hawks last couple of years he's had to kind of step his game up a little bit and i feel like it's uh helped his i feel like it's improved his play as a defenseman you know, like his blocks are up there. He's had he's had some good seasons with blocks. You know, 
uh, last couple of years, 138 and then 123 with the Hawks those last two seasons. He's played uh, uh, 58 games and 50 games. So, you know, he's, he's, he's pr- providing a good um, position, like a depth position for the Blackhawks. I think he, this is a good, like I said, I basically don't have much more to say than what I've already said. Like, right. I just think no, I agree. Good. I think he's, I mean, just to sum it up, just basically it was a good signing for the Hawks, like at a decent price uh, for the position and the type of player he is. And now they have that, they have a really good defensive core that is all signed for at least the next four seasons. You have McCabe, Jones, and Murphy at the forefront. You still have DeHaan for another season. Um, then you'll see what happens then. But Stillman, Kalyanuk, um, Mitchell, it just comes down to seeing who's going to fit into the lineup after that. And the right. team's in a really good position defensively, I think. And that's amazing because a couple of years ago that was not the case. Right. And weren't you pretty high on Stillman as well? Like Riley Stillman, you think he's going to be like – you, you take these guys yeah. and like you said, you have, you have them around for, you know, the next couple of years, they can mature together and they can, you know, build their game off each other and make each other better. Right. And we can see where this defensive core is at, you know, in two, three years, it can be one of the top in the league, you know, if they mature the right way. The thing I like about Stillman is he's, he's young. He's only 23 years old. He really did well when they traded him for him initially this past season. And they signed him to a nice cheap little contract for 1.3 million for the next three years. It kind of reminds me of Jan Ruda um, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, who played with Victor Hedman on the top line. And he, you know he's just there because he's with Victor Hedman. He's not he's not a top pairing defenseman, but he plays well with that top guy. And the minute that Stillman joined the team, I think I think that's when um Sidorov really started to lose favor with the team because they have someone else that can play physical they have someone else that can do that and play that role for quite frankly less money so at the end of the day what is it it's a business so it is you know obviously you're going to do what is financially better for your team in a lot of cases that's what happened with the Blackhawks and it's actually kind of working out in a couple ways so we'll see how you know Stillman progresses he's still a pretty young defenseman in the NHL he is. He's only 23. Um, he really did do great with a bigger role this past season. And that's true with Kalyanuk, too, when he first got into the, the NHL this past season. And Mitchell did okay. Budin played really well offensively when he got his shot in the team. And that's, quite frankly, why the team thought that they could lose Bogfist. They had all these other young players that were just as good or arguably better. And Bogfist, yeah, I mean, he's a top prospect in the league, drafted eighth overall, but it really comes down to where have you been the last year or two? And both is like, he's still really young and he didn't get much of a chance in the team, but they had to let him go. Right. And I remember actually having a conversation with you on one of our original podcasts that we started up and I kind of said the same thing. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like he's got a future. He can still be really good, but yeah. I mean, no, like- that's, that's also <laughs> true though. Cause let me, let me, let me mention that real quick. You trade away these guys when they're just 23, 24 years old. And it's because this team is basically expecting them to jump into the league and be NHL ready and great right off the bat. I wrote an article a while ago about how Buckfist should have probably start the season in the AHL just to kind of get his feet under him, get a little bit more confident. And that would have been good for him. You, the Blackhawks trade away TiVo Teravainen after a couple of years when he's still, what, like 22, 23? And look at him now. He's an NHL player. He's great. They did the same thing with Philip Donau. They've done, they've done it with more than a couple of guys. And it comes down to the fact that, well, yes, they see them as prospects that they could use to acquire something else. But 
these players then go on to be something where it's like, oh, this team misses them. I think, I mean, we could obviously have a whole, a whole different conversation about that whole prospect of the Blackhawks and how, you know, Terrabinen was, was dealt and, and Deneau, um, specifically Terrabinen and I have issues with because he was, he actually showed a lot of skill when he was with the Blackhawks and then he got traded, but that, that's not what we're talking about today. Um, but I, I see what you mean, right? Like they, they are assets. I mean, when you have a player who was drafted eighth overall defenseman, right? Like he is yeah, an asset, yeah. like you're pretty much describing. Yeah. Like he, that's a good um, piece of capital you can offer a team, you know, and, and a good trade. And that's what happened with uh, Adam Bulquist. And, um, you know, we'll see what ends up happening with him. He could end up, you know, being this breakout defenseman. Um, like remember the, the whole situation with company and the Blackhawks, that was, is that, that's another, I guess, example you could say, I mean, he was, he ended up playing what the first defensive pairing for the Capitals when they won the Stanley cup. Company's playing with John Carlson. So it also is similar to uh, what you have in Tampa Bay with Jan Ruta playing with Victor Hedman. Maybe it's the same. Maybe Brent Seabrook wasn't as good. It was just playing with Duncan Keith. But when you have that really good elite defenseman, you could play him with anyone. True. That, that is a fair point that, that, you know, you, you do get better based on who you are playing around. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, what, what sport it is. It could be, you know, it doesn't matter. That's a good point. Uh, but just to kind of bring up the point, I don't know um, that, you know, you, there are times you, in a pinch, you need to give up young prospects and um, yeah. the Blackhawks are in a situation where it worked out for them. And I guess it's the end of the story on that. Like, we'll see what happens with Bulquist. We, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, you can end up being, you know, three-time all-star at the end of the day, you can end up being a bust. You never know. That's the way the league works. And Well, this is kind of an interesting question I have for you right now, Patrick, and it's on the fly because we don't have it in the rundown, but I'm asking you it anyway. When you look at those Blackhawks championship teams, was it, were they built on their offense or their defense? Because honestly, you look at it and I'm like, I could say either way, but I want to hear your thought. That's a, that's a really good question. Because if you think about over the course of like, the championship runs just kind of think about what state i mean obviously it's different right because you have more forwards than you do defensemen um, right on nhl staff <clears throat> excuse me um but like you know you think about who was changed out for each run and who you know like we got there were there were a couple a few rentals on the offensive right. side it's like like 2015 was antoine vermette brad richards right like the right there were runs there were more rentals offensively and like the defense kind of stayed that core kind of stuck together. I mean, you had, you had Keith Seabrook, John Morrison. I mean, that's what a third of your, you know, yeah. And then Oduya also for two, right. Rose of all two. Yep. So it's like, honestly, you would, I feel like most people wouldn't say defensively, but I honestly think that question was (laughs) meant for me to say defensively, because I honestly think the more you think about it, that it actually was more built around the defense. If you think about it. No, I agree. That's, Honestly, you can have the most talented forwards in the league, and the Blackhawks had it for a while, but it's the defense that matters. And in 2015, the Blackhawks proved how important their four defensemen were. They they, basically won the Stanley Cup off of those four defensemen, and Keith, Seabrook, Oduya, and Jalmerson. All four of those guys deserve the praise of everyone in the city for that one championship because they really did it. Yeah, I mean – how many minutes did Keith play in the playoffs? It was close to a record or something. It, yeah. it was insane the amount of minutes right. he played. 
per night. It was it was crazy. He did, well deservedly won the Conn Smythe Trophy. I mean that that he like you, he almost not just Keith himself, but like what you said, they single handedly pretty much won the Blackhawks their 2015 Stanley Cup. And yeah, I mean there was some luck along the way, and there's also the forwards were great too. Oh, but I mean when you look at the team now and you see what they're building defensively, you have you have to say that that might be the one thing that's been missing. Yes, the the offense is the, the offense is okay. They're not they're see, not like honestly, a Tampa Bay they, Lightning they, good, but they're they, fine. Uh, yeah, no, the offense these last, since the Blackhawks have been in the playoffs, their offense hasn't been like their offense, I would say, is the, the top half of the league of offense. I mean, it's they would be, they'd be losing games like five to four, you know. I right. the one game that I will always like kind of quote when I talk about the Blackhawks these last like five years is that one game where Kane and uh Matthews, awesome, Matthews. Yeah. yeah, that's like the def- like if you're if you're going to describe the Blackhawks over these last couple of years, I feel like that's one of the ways you describe them. I mean, they lost that game what like six to five, and it, it like I feel like in any sport, honestly, I mean, um, football is a big one. You can even say this too, but like I feel like the you know Blackhawks fans during that Cup run, and then like even just in general, take the defensive core for granted. It's something that you that right like defense isn't it's not cool. It's not like flashy, you know, it's not what people talk about. It's the, it's the hope you see Patty Kane with that, with that sick deke or like, but, you know, put a glove side right above, you know, Holtby or whatever. It's like he, he, people talk about the offense because that's what's most exciting, but it's what yeah. it's defense that you take for granted. And I think, um, you know, having Jalmerson, Keith and Seabrook in their prime, like playing for the Blackhawks during those championship runs, it was like, we didn't realize how good defensemen they were. Right. I feel like right. most people were talking about Kane and Taves and, you know, when they brought in Richards and Vermette and all like, I, I just remember those two in particular, cause they were, they were uh, one of my, you know, favorite add-ons to the team. Right. That time. But it's like, people were talking about the goal scoring, but really, you know, talk about the defense and how like Jalmerson was in, I mean, a shot blocking machine when he was on the team. Well, and I think this, this will also shed a little bit of light on it during the 2018, 19 season. Obviously, in the Blackhawks missed the playoffs. They weren't a very good team, right? Um, they were 30th in the league for goals against at 292. But for goals four, they were eighth. They, eight, eight, yeah, that, that is, that's a perfect example of it. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> yeah. And you, when you do watch that season, it's that entire season, it basically came down to, um, all right, well, we just have to score six goals and maybe we can win. <laughs> And they kind of, I mean, at times that did work. They did win games doing yeah. that, but that's yeah. not a recipe to win. That's not a recipe to win at all. Yeah. Right. Right. No, you, you need a good defense behind you if you're going to do anything. And um, I think it's encouraging to see the Blackhawks building up their defensive staff for these next couple of years. You know, Seth Jones, what he's 26. Yeah. And, you know, excuse me. It's uh, it's encouraging to see this. And, you know, let these guys mature over the next couple of seasons and you might have yourself a solid defensive group. And, you know, as long as Patrick Kane is still Patrick Kane and, you know, Taze is all right. And they have, you know, the brain cat sprinkled in there. Um, I think they can do some damage in a couple of years with this defensive core. Well, let me ask you this question. What does it have to say about like Flurry's legacy as an NHL player if he manages to make this team good too, you know? You know what? I think um, that's a good question because, you know, obviously the Blackhawks have, like you said, they're like that defensive group 
that they got. Like it's, they're kind of, it's kind of, you know, beginning this year is where you bring it in. Right. Stuff, whatever. Like that's the, this is going to be the first year of it. But the defense is so only as good as their goalie. Right. Right. So like, it's, it's not going to be like, they're not going to be as good as they'll maybe be in three years. Right. So flurry, if he's able to make this team good, I feel like that's a, a testament to how good of a goaltender he is because he already knows the defensive grouping in front of him isn't, you know, a, a seasoned veteran crew. It's not, it's, it's young guys who are starting to get ready and establish themselves in the NHL. And uh, I think he knows he's got his work cut out for him, but I think he's also knowing that he's got, you know, Patrick Kane on the offense to take care of things. So it might, it might be a year where they do give up a lot of goals. You know, it might, it might be a little bit better than 2018, 19. I mm-hmm. think it will be, but it might be a year where they do give up a lot of goals because of that. And I think if Fleury is able to, you know, keep a pretty good goals against and keep that safe percentage, you know, above 920, it says, it says a lot of good things about him. I agree. I think his main, his main challenge this season is just going to be to provide stability in the net. Right. Last season, you had a couple of rookie goalies. It was a, it was kind of a fluke. You didn't know what you were going to get every night. And if right. the Blackhawks can just get right. Stability, like stability in the net, then there's a good chance that they can maybe have a decent fun run of it. Um, right. The Blackhawks haven't had a lot of fun in a long time. It's been, it's been a while since that last championship in 2015. Yeah. It's been a long time since we won a playoff series. It, you know, it doesn't for this, you know, it's just like crazy. Cause it, for me, it doesn't yeah. feel like it was that long ago, but it has been, it's been, you know, six, almost six, seven years now that the Blackhawks have been competent. And, and now the team, it's down to just Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane from that core group. And, like, we're just going to name some players. Duncan Keith, Corey Crawford, Brent Seabrook, Patrick Sharp, Brandon Saad, Andrew Shaw. That group's all gone now. Some, like, Duncan Keith's on a different team. But a lot of those other guys are retired and just out of the league. And when you look at that core group of players, Nicholas Jalmerson included, Marion Hosa. Which of those, like, that core group of players that won three, do you think was the most important? I've, uh, you know, I, I've i always been – I mean, Patrick Kane's always been my favorite player. I think right. he, he's had a lot of skill. Um, but that's not who I'm going to answer this question with. Most of the time when I when I hear that, I think Nicholas Jalmerson a lot. I think that he was huge. I think that – if we ended up losing him to the San Jose Sharks, things would have been a lot different. Not saying that right. the Blackhawks would have been awful. I'm saying that he does not get as much credit as everyone else does. But he yeah. was – I mean, he should be a Hall of Famer. And I mean, obviously, I'm a biased Chicago Blackhawks fan. But, I mean, he – Nicholas Jalmerson is one of the best defensemen to play for the Chicago Blackhawks in the history of the team, in my opinion. He, he was – he was very solid for the Blackhawks. He was, you know, obviously Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook were, you know, had most of the spotlight, but that's why I think, you know, he, a lot of the things he did went unnoticed. And I, I think I would say, um, Jalmerson is, is who I would think is, has been, you know, very key for them, for the Blackhawks. And obviously you have Patrick Tane, John, the tapes, obviously you need them too. Yeah. But I would pick Jalmerson. When you look at those players that obviously every team's going to have those couple star players, you know what I mean? Every, every team's going to have someone like Jonathan Tate, someone like Patrick Kane, someone like Duncan Keith, usually. And yes, those three guys we've just named have been probably arguably some of the best of the best that to ever do that. But to me, when I answer that question, I'm going to also have to say Marion Hosa. I, I was between him and Hosa. I was going to yeah, say, I, 
Gomerson. I, we were both thinking outside the box, but yeah, yeah. The, the reason I'm saying Hosa is this team still misses Hosa. Oh my God. This team still yes. doesn't have a player like that. And I'd argue that's when they really did fall apart was when they lost Hosa to an injury. Yep. I Hosa, he, he wasn't just his goals. He wasn't just his power forward moves. It was his back checking, his great defensive play. Arguably, those stats that no one talks about really and that don't show up on the point sheet, those yeah. stats matter more usually. Yes, and uh, honestly, you won't, you forgot to mention a big one too, is Hosa went to two Stanley Cup finals before he even was with the Blackhawks, so his playoff experience and, it, you know, being able to play in those big games also helped too. It helped to, you know, like he had already been to two before Kane and Taze had been to one, right? Yeah. So it's right. like he – he knew what he was doing. He knew he had that experience, that cool, calm composure. And, you know, he, he was, he was a real treat to watch and it was awesome when the Hawks brought him in. And I remember we were talking about last night, excuse me, prepping for the show. Um, like, man, what we would do to watch him play again. Like, yeah, he, he was, he was awesome to watch and he was, he was a great, great guy, great president in the locker room. And it was a really, really sad way for him to end his career with that, that condition. And, uh, but Hey, a hall of famer. No. Oh, Hall of Fame. He's going to the Hall. Yes. So. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he, I mean, because he went out so quick, I feel like people kind of forget about him sometimes, but he was, he was awesome. He was such right. a treat to watch. And yeah, it's, it's tough to see that kind of group leave the game, you know? Right. Um, right. It, it's, and it's tough to watch. Yeah. It is. Uh, guys, yeah. even pe- people can say whatever they want about the Brent Seabrook contract. And even I've been critical of it, but. Seabrook is a player. He was a heck of a player during his glory years and during the times that the team really needed him, he stepped yeah, up. I mean, yeah, never forget the that game seven goal, you know. Against Detroit, right. Against Detroit, right. That was that was awesome. I mean Well, that entire series for him too, where he Jonathan Taze got upset. He was in the penalty box and then Seabrook walked in to try and calm him down, you know. You have that later on the team in Jonathan Taze, but even he turns to someone too. Yeah, right. And now they, the team still kind of has that now where that next generation of leaders is in place already, kind right. of. You have – Yeah, for sure. Alex, Alex Derinkett wore the A a lot this past season. Granted, practically everyone was injured at some point, so True. it took a while True. to get there, but yeah. you have that next generation already in place, learning from this new – that that future – that excuse me, that veteran group now. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's just weird for us because now we're starting to get into our, you know, second generation of Blackhawks <laughs> players almost. And, you know, to see like guys like that, you know, out of the league, Crawford, Seabrook, you know, Shaw, Hosa, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of sobering in a way. It's like, dang, like, yeah, those days are over. It's time to kind of reset now with Kane and Taze as not the young guns, but the veterans and uh, see what the Blackhawks can do. It's, it's weird. It's kind of sobering. Well, let me ask and, you this uh, question. When you look back at that old group, we already answered who like that most valuable or most underrated player would be, but the Blackhawks, when Seth Jones came to the Blackhawks, they already gave away Nicholas Somerson's number four to Seth Jones. Obviously Seth Jones is the future of the defense. He's going to be the franchise player for the next six or seven years, hopefully, knock on wood. So you would have, I would have thought that all that core group that won three would have gotten a, a banner. They would have gotten in their number retired. And I know people are like, 
teams don't retire that many players at once, but also at the same time, teams Teams don't don't win three Stanley cups that all that often the Blackhawks half of their championships belong to those three players in that own right. They deserve it. What, what do you have to say about the players who gets their number retired? When do they do that? When do you like, just give me a prediction on it. I've been a very strong proponent realistically or not that the players that won three deserve banners, no matter what bar down. I mean, bar down, excuse me. Like no matter what they deserve, um, banners each of the players that were there for for all three Stanley Cups um realistically do I think that's going to happen I don't know we had a good conversation about this last night when we were prepping for the podcast and um obviously just to kind of reiterate some of those points um it's just like it you were saying like oh like um about how they're giving John versus number number away how they should kind of been like, you know, under the table saying like, Hey, like don't take four, something like that. Cause they are prepping to retire it. I think the Blackhawks um, are going to wait a little bit. And I feel like it's too soon to retire their numbers. And it's funny because I remember our conversation yesterday. It's like, Oh, well, Henrik Lundqvist is, you know, already. Yeah. Get but number it's, with that's the a different, but and we were like, Oh, it's different. But at the same time, it's also kind of not different because you didn't win a single Stanley Cup with the Rangers. Like, it's yeah. different. Jalmerson, you know. Uh, Even Jalmerson did and Hosa did. But yeah, it's, Hosa it's, did. It's, and they, they, like, they won three. I mean, these guys are Hall of Famers. They won three Stanley Cups and there's still nothing yet. I think my realistic vision is like maybe 10 years down the line when the entire core is out of the league. So when Kane and Taze are done, um, when Keith calls it a career, which is going to be pretty soon, um, I think when they're all done, they'll have this like awesome ceremony before a game and do all of them at one time. And I see what you're saying. I also think it's going to be knowing the way Stan Bowman runs his organization and knowing the way the Blackhawks run the organization, it's going to be when they're really bad because that's the only way they're going to be able to put fans in the seats. So I, I really do think though that don't you think that players of Taze and Kane's caliber and even Keith, the minute they retire, they announce, okay, that number is going in the rafters. We're doing it. They should. No, that's what they should do. You asked me what you think they should do. Oh, no, no, you, no. You, sorry, you asked me what you think will happen. Yeah, what what will happen? Yeah. Okay, I just. Um, it's interesting because obviously Seth Jones is a pretty well known player, and he's a he's making the third most money on the team, and he's signed for the longest amount of time. And it's interesting because, of course, you'd give Seth Jones number four if he asked for number four. But I wonder if at the same time, if a random, you know, I can't even think of a plan, like Ryan Carpenter, if he goes, hey, I want to wear number 81. But the Blackhawks like, yeah, here you go. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I, I like the status of that player. I, I understand Seth Jones gets what he wants, probably. He wants to be number four. He can be number four. And it goes back to that time. Marcus Kruger gave up number 16 to Andrew Glad when he rejoined the team. Even though Kruger had won two championships, he said, no, yeah, this is the veteran. Here you go. Here's your number back. You wore this before me. forgot about Kruger. We can have a whole conversation about those players that we forgot. But uh, yeah. I was just thinking about him, Burrish. Love that guy. But uh, <laughs> uh, he deserves his number retired no matter what. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's a good point to bring up because, yeah, obviously Seth Jones is the future, you know. And it, you do bring up a good point because he is going to be with the team. He should be in theory because he's signed the longest with the team, the longest. And he should, so it like, should be great years every year. He's going to be, his Corsi numbers are going to be great. 
it's uh, going to be a fun time, you know. But, but like, yeah, it's just like Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup. If, if they're going to if they're going to retire those numbers, you know, you figure it's probably not going to be when Seth Jones is on the team because what are they going to take his number? Like, are they going to be like, hey, Seth, like, and like, you know, six years they're going to be like, hey, you know, what, like, I think it shows that they're not going to retire John Merson's number. They, I, I mean, I know obviously things could change later, but if yeah. they were going to do it. They're not going to remember later on, like, hey, Jalmerson was great. We should retire his number. No, it would have been like right when he retires from hockey, they'd be like, that was a main part of our team. I feel like it's just, I don't know, like you said, like you, a player of that caliber should go right away. But I just think they're going to wait for all of them, honestly, because I feel like, I guess this is this is kind of a dumb point to bring up because it had happened before, but like Kane and Tate, are we going to, you know, then let's just say they retire 81 and four and uh, you know, in, in two months in the middle of October and uh, Kane Taser is sitting there like, dang, like, damn, I play with those guys. And well, Kane and Taser, I'm pretty sure they know where their legacy is. No, no, I'm just saying Even like, Keith, like they, all those guys know where gonna, their legacy is. They're going to, they know, but I feel like they just got to wait to do all of them at the same time. Okay. I feel like they got away. But then, like, again, obviously, like you said, it doesn't make sense why Seth Jones is still taking four, whatever. I just – eventually, I feel like they got to do them all at the same time. However, you know, maybe John Merson gets left out, whatever. You know, like – Okay. That, if you're leaving out John Merson – If you're leaving out John Merson, you're probably leaving out that, like, that tier under, right? So, obviously, that means you're probably retiring Taze Kane Keith. I would argue Seabrook was – Seabrook and – this gets difficult because Taze Kane Keith, people are like, oh, Hosa. I mean, Hosa was a generational player. Of course, you're retiring his number. Sharp yeah. was an assistant captain throughout all that. Right. Shouldn't right. you retire him? Yeah. Seabrook, Seabrook's was the, the number two defenseman. And yeah, then it's yeah. everyone except for Sharp. Or excuse me, everyone except for John Wilson. So it, it, that's the thing. Like, it's either going to be all of them or just like that main three. Yeah, and I feel like it's going to be that main three. It should be all of them, but I feel like the, the, the Hawks, it'll be just those those main three. But, like, you got to think about this from, like, just, like, a normal, like, just, like, basic NHL or sports fan. Like, it's, like, the Blackhawks won three Stanley Cups in the span of six years. Yeah. Like, that just does not happen regularly. Yeah. And this calls for circumstances where it's, like, all right, well, you know, like, they can get greedy. They can they can retire all. There's no reason why they shouldn't retire all these numbers yeah. because that, like you said, that also doesn't happen often. It really doesn't. And I know they don't want to retire too many numbers, but also at the same time, again, that doesn't it doesn't happen ever. That's right. never going to happen again with this. Probably team. not. It probably will never happen again. And if it does, it'll be long after we're gone. And you know, it's it's you know once in a lifetime stuff and it's like obviously you don't want to give out retired numbers like it's candy but at the same time they earned it they yeah. freaking earned it no matter what i mean i don't care what anyone says they all earned it they earned that not that they're playing for that but mm -hmm. they just deserve that respect because of what they did for the city yeah for the, i mean for the organization and then on a city-wide level and even for the game the, the game of hockey i mean i mean well and it's interesting too because we did talk about this a little bit yesterday the the argument of what about Corey Crawford? You know, and then you bring in those guys who won too, right? Like Kruger and Crawford. Well, I wouldn't include I would include all those guys. I would I include know, Kruger, I know, I know. Shaw, or Saad, but Crawford is 
down in history now is the most wins in um, the playoffs. He's one of those top three goalies in franchise history. Right. Obviously, he probably won't. Um, I, I don't think if it's tough. There's yeah. so many players I don't imagine anyone else wearing. I don't imagine anyone else wearing number 50. Right. Honestly, that number could just be retired because no one uses it. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's tough. You know, it's tough. You can, you know, obviously knowing the disrespect that Crawford got throughout his career from the national media, from even the local media. Well, it's he, just he just, just like he flew under the radar because right, that team was so right. good. He flew under the radar. It's the he same did. with that defense where we kind of agreed earlier that the defense arguably was a little bit more important and better. And it just flies under the radar because of the great team in front of them. But when you think about those times, the Blackhawks did win 2013 Kane got the con Smythe, but it, it wasn't Kane's originally that belonged to Crawford. He had a great playoff run, even in 2015, when he talked to, uh, there's an interview with John Cooper. I can't find the quote right now, but, John Cooper spoke really highly of Corey Crawford about those, that championship team, because no matter what, he was just so like stable in the net. Right. You didn't see errors very often from him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to kind of reiterate the point, uh, just, you know, who, who decides who wins the con smite? Yeah. I mean, no, obviously. Had, right. Like, yeah, I'm saying that those, the people who decide, like the, the sports media, right? Those people who vote on that, they just, no one, like you said, he flew under the radar. People didn't respect him. It was always a funny joke with one other teams, you know, would play him. It's like Crawford sucks. You know, or just like Crawford, Crawford. Like it was that, that was kind of what was going on. He got a lot of disrespect uh, for whatever reason. Um, I mean, I was one of the guys, I was one of the Hawks fans that wasn't a big fan of him at one point. I'll admit that. But, um, you know, he just kind of the way his whole career is, but he just hasn't gotten that respect that he really does deserve. And, you know, him being the backstop for two of those uh, championships, you know, could solidify him to number reti- retiring range, but, you know, obviously time will tell. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, it is funny though, because I, I had to like go back and kind of look at it. But that 2012-2013 season where the Blackhawks won so many games, and granted, Corey Crawford didn't really keep the net the entire time. It was split, split between him and Ray Emery. Crawford wasn't even in the top three in voting that right. season when they, when they had that great run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he, he really didn't get the – what am I saying? He didn't really get the recognition he probably should have, but at the same time, he got his two championships. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's very happy with those two uh, very yeah. nice rings he has on his fingers. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, that's something that would you rather be? Would you rather have those championship rings, or would you rather have the Henrik Lundqvist um, okay. treatment? Uh, you know, and I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure ten out of ten players would say the rings. I mean. Well, after they make their money. We got to be on the same page with that, right? Like, I mean, every player is going to want to win. I mean, that's the goal of every single NHL player's career is to win at least one Stanley Cup. I think Henrik Lundqvist would would say that he would would rather have a Stanley Cup. I think, yes, every player would say they want a Stanley Cup. But I think that a lot of players either do it wrong. Let me just explain it like this. 
if every player wanted to win a Stanley Cup, why is it when they're 26 years old in their prime, they're just chasing the big money? You know, if Jack Eichel wanted, if Jack Eichel wanted to win a Stanley Cup, he wouldn't sign for 10 million in Buffalo. He wants the money. The game's also changing, though. That 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 was not a thing ten like ten fifteen years ago. That really wasn't, you know. It, 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 the, how how should I put this? Like the, the game is changing in that in that sense, where obviously contracts are getting bigger and bigger, just because you know the way that you know inflation and stuff like that works. But also just the to the point where <clears throat> the the league is it's different now. The league is it's. It's a league of getting young talent and developing yeah. it, getting those top players like Connor McDavid. I remember they named him the captain like so early on in his career. And it's like, it's a young players league. Now. It's, it, not, it was not that way before. Yeah. It was well, not that way before. It's a young players league and the play and it, these players are coming up They're, You know, they're 22, 21 years old. They're like, man, like I can go make some money now. And they go with like, that's the thing. It's, it's like, I guess a lot of teams it. have that, but there are other teams that are like the Boston Bruins, for example, minus one or two bad years for the past decade. They've been very competitive. They've been to three Stanley cup finals. They've won a Stanley cup. And when you go look at their cap friendly page right now, no one makes more than 6.8 million on that team. Patrice Bergeron signed for 6.8. Um, what's pasta's contract? Pasta makes 6.6. Taylor Hall signed 6 million for four years. No one's making too much money because of the fact that everyone in that group kind of knows, like, if we want to stick together and we want to win, we're going to have to take the pay cut here or there. You know what I mean? Exactly. And honestly, yes. If you, um, if you want to go play in the league and make the most money possible, which yes, a lot of players want to do then you're going to do that. And that's why players end up chasing Stanley cups at the end of their career. But if they wanted to win, they would do something like um, Pat Maroon does where he goes and signs with Tampa Bay for a little bit of money to try and chase the Stanley cup, you know? Yeah. Wasn't he, he's been, he's had the cup three summers in a row now. Was that, is that, yeah. Is, yeah it's like... What I'd say the same thing about uh Brad Richards when he did come to Chicago, he just signed for a million dollars. He was looking for right. a Stanley cup. He got it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes players do that. You know, and you're right, and you're right. And uh, I feel like, you know, I mean, if Jack Eichel never wins a Stanley Cup, but he makes a lot of money in his his NHL career, I think he's going to go back and say he'd rather have the Cup. I would genuinely genuinely think that. That's the same thing with Joe Thornton and stuff, people like them, you know? But like I, I guess like you're saying, like to your point of like, oh, the play, all the players are doing is chasing the money. Someday they'll regret that. In my opinion, I think that they're gonna they're gonna say, wow, I'd give ten mil of this back just to have my name on that, like on the Stanley Cup. That's the most revered trophy in all sports. Like True. just having, just like having that alone, having your name on yeah. the cup, having your day with the cup, winning that, having that experience, going through that with those guys. That's got to be worth you know, $5 million at, you know, and it, like, I'm just trying to say, well, you can honestly, put a plate on that. arguably the players, the, the players always do want to make the money. They, if they, they've earned the money, they're in the prime of their careers. They're never going to make more money than that. Yes. They, they should get paid, but if they're going to, if they're going to get the big paychecks, then that's less money to make a decent team around them. You know what I mean? Right. Connor yeah. McDavid could have got more money 
but he signed for what is it only 12 million so that the team could actually build something around him. Right. And that's how it needs to be. Yeah. Sidney Crosby has been doing it for years. He only signs $8.7 million contracts. And that's because he's, he's chasing a championship. He's not chasing the money. He knows he can make a good enough money. Yeah. It still wants to win a Stanley Cup, but because let's also be frank about it. What, what comes with winning a Stanley Cup? More money, bonuses, endorsements, all that sort of thing. Yeah, you, you can get. I mean, obviously, maybe not the same as signing a big contract, but you're still going to get. You know, it's not a bad deal to win a Stanley Cup. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, I agree. It's what players want to do. Speaking of uh, speaking of winning and success and all that stuff, we have to talk about this. It's it's been news. Me and you talked about it yesterday. We had a really good laugh about it. The yeah. Carolina Hurricanes, Montreal Canadiens. For anyone that doesn't know, a few days ago, the Carolina Hurricanes offered Yesberry Kakunyami an offer sheet of $6.1 million out of revenge. Kakunyami is the team's third overall pick from uh, 2018. For the Montreal Canadiens. For the Montreal Canadiens. And he's a restricted free agent with the team. Um, and the Hurricanes are taking advantage of the fact that Montreal probably doesn't want to pay him $6.1 million, So they gave him an offer sheet. Pat, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, and I just want to hear your, your little bit of reaction from you about it. Yeah, pretty funny when you, when you, you know, understand it completely and how the, the way, you know, contracts work and stuff like that. So you have to be a... Decently familiar with the yeah. game of hockey to understand so, the joke, but yeah, like the you know the whole Sebastian Ajo thing, right? Like I thought you were going right. to go so into I'll go I'll yeah. go into it. Yeah, so right. the the, the Montreal Canadiens, yeah. the Montreal Canadiens, a couple years ago when Sebastian Ajo, who is one of Carolina's best players, he was a restricted free agent off of his entry entry level contract, and the Canadians took advantage of that and offered him a contract. He signed it, uh, making him a they, they gave him an offer sheet, basically. And then the Canadians tweeted out, Sebastian Ajo accepted our offer. He wants to come to Montreal. He sees our youngsters coming up in the organization, and he wants to be a part of it. We're proud, but there's still a waiting period. Obviously, the Canes matched the offer because it's Sebastian Ajo. Right. It's one of their team's best players. But the thing is, you don't see offer sheets in the NHL very often because teams ruin relationship with other teams by doing it. Right. Kind of and, Unspoken rule thing. Unspoken rule, right. right. And that's exactly what happened because the Hurricanes then, they take um, Montreal's th- third overall pick and they offer him a one-year, $6.1 million contract which with a $20 signing bo- bonus. What number is Sebastian Ajo? 20. Number 20. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, it literally does not get any better than this. Their their GM drama. I mean, yeah, their GM basically gives out the same quote, flipping the team, saying, "Yes, Barry accepted our offer. He wants to come to Carolina. He sees the core we've built, and he wants to be a part of that. We're proud, but there's still a waiting period." It's the same thing. And the Canes Twitter had really good fun with it, just tweeting out "LOL," and then they changed their entire account to French for the Canadians fans so that they could read it. Um, I mean, it's. They could not have done a better, a better job with doing that. It's it's fun to watch from an outside. Like I'm not a fan of 
either of those teams. Right, so right. it's very fun to watch. I'm sure if I was a Canadians fan, I would be livid. And if yeah. it was, if I was a Hurricanes fan, I would be a little upset because Kakinemi is not worth 6.1 million. He uh, has not, he was scratched in the Stanley Cup final. He hasn't done a lot so far in his career. Um, he's not making 6.1 million, but now because of this deal, the Canadians can either ma- match it and choose to keep him or lose their third overall draft pick from a couple of years back. Which not even like just speaking to the fact that not like, okay, third overall draft pick, he might pan out to be something really special. Not even considering that he was more or less being used as trade bait for the most part anyway. Right. Well, yeah. Like he was, well, I mean, he was, he, I mean, I'm just going to say yes, Barry, just because I don't want to butcher his last name, but um like for the most part, Jesperi was just gonna he was gonna be a part of like maybe a deal like we were saying like yesterday we were saying like oh Jack Eichel was yeah it, in, it, it, yeah. in Montreal, you know, checking it out, whatever. In an you know, ideal was, situation, I think they want to use him as trade bait because right. and also, but he, the, he hasn't been signed yet. And then also yes. he hasn't really he struggled a little bit. And and like we were saying yesterday, he you were telling you were saying like you know, things he he's not he hasn't been a fan of the Canadians, he kind of wanted to leave anyways. So it was kind of like a you know kind of screwing with Marshall in a way where now it's looking like they're not going to be able to use him for trade bait because matching that offer is a, it's pretty high price to pay. Well, yeah. It's, so, it, if you match that offer, then all of a sudden, okay. So the team has him for 6.1 million. They can choose to try and trade him and then retain half the salary for the year. Right. But then even then, like a team probably doesn't want to pay 3 million for him. I, obviously they will, but the the asking price isn't going to be as much if it, if he was just, making right. less you know right. what i mean right it's um and it, i mean geez just to kind of go back to the the funniness of it like I, what i mean if you're like working in the front office in carolina what a fun time to be what, there. what do you think they were just like hey like we could totally offer shoot them like totally do it and they're like let's do it like yeah they had to be laughing their butts off doing this i mean i mean I you don't you don't see this kind of drama no, in the NHL. No, I, I was reading some articles saying it's good for the NHL. This is going on. Like yeah. people are, you know, some of those Canes tweets went viral. It was funny, you know, they, they literally tweeted out an article of it, and they said like "lol." Or and something. they tweeted like out like an Uno reverse card. Yeah, and right. Like just it, the fact that the signing bonus is literally twenty dollars. Right. That's just the that's the cherry on top. Like and an official contract like that, the signing yeah. bonus twenty dollars. Like. Well, and just because this is like an unprecedented thing already, you know, if, if he does, if he does go to Carolina, chances are they can just re-sign him for less money. You know, right. they'll give him yeah. extension for less money for yeah. the year after this in 2022. Yes. Yeah. Like it, they could, it can end up working out for. Yes. The you're, yes. You're giving up a first round draft pick and a third over uh third round draft pick. But honestly, I think the Canes are kind of banking on a playoff run. Yeah, and I right. think, uh, they they're fine giving like the 20th overall pick away because they're just messing with the Canadians and right. that's what they did to them. Or if Montreal yeah. chooses to match the offer, then all of a sudden they're paying this guy a lot of money for this season. Yeah. And which, I mean, what do you think they're going to match the offer? Let's just make our predictions right now. I, that's, I mean, that's, that's a lot. Of, I mean, for the Canadians, they have, you know, I, I just feel like that's too much. I don't think they have much else to worry about with their roster. 
for this upcoming season? So, yes, they can match it. If they were thinking of making any kind of splash move on anyone like um, Jack Eichel, which we don't know, but if they were thinking about doing it, that's kind of thrown out the winner with this. Um, it's tough, honestly. I'm going to say that I'm going to say they, I'm going to say they don't match it. I don't think they will either. I think it's too much. I don't think they're willing to pay him that much money. Well, just imagine next off season if someone does this to Kirby Doc and offers them one year for seven million. Hawks would match it. We were talking about this yesterday. Yeah, right. Like he, the, I feel like the Hawks wouldn't match that. He the Hawks can't it. match it. They don't right. because they're trying to make a push with Tayson Kane in their last season, and they have a lot of different players that are going to be up next off season. Right. So they that's it. It also is a warning to the other team saying. Hey, maybe we should get some stuff done right now. True, true. It's uh, it's it's funny because it was kind of unprecedented, but at the same time, it's funny because you know the Canes, the same thing to the Hurricanes, and you know yeah. they, the, the Canes have been having a lot of fun with it, and it's been it's been awesome. And obviously, the the Habs fans are pretty upset about it, but uh, I, I don't know. Kind of good for the game, you know. Obviously, more eyes on NHL. Tw- Twitter accounts and stuff like that is better to grow the game. And uh, yeah, well, and it's, it's if you're fun. if you're still listening at home, please check out a winning habit, our Montreal Canadiens fan sided site, and Cardiac Kane, the Carolina Hurricanes fan sided site. Um, the Hurricane site, they're they're a very funny bunch over there, and they're having a great time with this. So. Having a field day. <laughs> There's sure, yeah. their Twitter's having fun, and I bet they're having some fun in their articles. So give that a read. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it'd be fun to write for the the Canes, right? The Canes oh, right now, right. yeah, yeah, and <laughs> it'd be fun to write some articles about that. Um, um, any yeah. anything you want to say, Patrick, before we uh, call it an episode? I don't think so. Um, you know, it was uh, it was a good time talking about the Canadians. I know we wanted to cover the Canadians and the uh, the Habs. But other than that, I think that's it until uh, next week. We're gonna we have a good show planned out, and the week after that as well. We already got a couple shows out in front of us planned out, and. Uh, Stay tuned for more uh, good, uh, exciting content from the Blackhawk Up podcast, uh, as Jim Jim can attest to. He's got it lined up for us. Yeah, you heard it from Patrick first, but uh, <laughs> we're in September. The season is one month away. Um, it's going to be a heck of a time, and we thank you for listening. If you're listening on whatever you're listening on, give us a rate, give us a review. Um, if you want to ask us any questions that we could talk about on the show, that'd be great. Um, have a great day. Yeah, go Hawks. Go Hawks.